Lesson number 44, Surah Ali Imran, ayah number 45 to 63. In the previous verses, we learned that from all of mankind, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose certain people and certain families and certain tribes. Why? For the work of His deen. They were the ones whom Allah gave the knowledge of His religion to so that they would observe it and they would also deliver it to the rest of mankind. And who were they? Adam a.s., Nuh a.s., the family of Ibrahim a.s., the family of Imran. And essentially, if you think about it, who were these people? After Ibrahim a.s., it came down to the Bani Israel. Why were they selected? So that they would live by the law and they would also tell others about it. But what have we learned? What did they do? They corrupted their religion. They opposed the messengers didn't just oppose them, but they actually killed them. And anyone else besides the messengers, besides the prophets of Allah, who would remind them, who would tell them to do good, what would they do? They would also kill them. We learned in Surah Al-Baqarah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because of the way the Bani Israel were behaving, He took that privilege away from them. What privilege? Of being the chosen people. We have learned that in Surah Al-Baqarah. But... Before that privilege was taken away from them, the Bani Israel were given a final warning, a final reminder in the form of who? Isa alayhi salam. That before the privilege was taken away, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to them Isa alayhi salam, whose birth was a miracle in itself, who brought clear signs. Why? So that they would know that he indeed is a messenger. When Isa salam came, he came in order to reform them, in order to remind them of what they were supposed to do. And he also came to tell them very clearly of the coming of the last messenger. Why was it necessary for the Bani Israel to know that now after Isa salam, the last messenger was going to come? Because that was the last chance. If they believed in him and followed him, they would be successful. And if they rejected him, then that was it. Previously when they killed the messengers, when they rejected them, what happened? Allah sent more messengers. Isn't it so? One messenger they denied, Allah sent another messenger. One messenger they killed, Allah sent another messenger. But now, after Muhammad wasallam, no other messenger was going to come. So this is the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Isa salam before, so that the Bani Israel would become serious. They would repent. And when the last messenger would come, they would believe in him and they would support him. And this is the reason why everything about Isa salam was so different. So that when the Bani Israel would see him, they would believe in him. They would know that he's not a liar. There would be no way for them to doubt his truthfulness. If someone can make a bird and blow spirit into it, and that bird starts to fly, if somebody can bring a dead person to life, I mean, there's got to be something about them, right? And if he's saying, I am the servant of Allah, I do this by the permission of Allah, then he is truthful. Because he's not claiming divinity. He's saying that I'm here, I'm doing this by the permission of Allah. So why were these miracles given to him? So that the Bani Israel would not doubt him at all. So, in other words, the truth was very clearly shown to the Bani Israel before the privilege was taken away. And all of this began from where? From the story of Imra'atul Imran, when she dedicated her child, who turned out to be a daughter, right? Whom 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed under the guardianship of Zakariya alayhi salam. And then eventually, Maryam gave birth to Isa alayhi salam. So the birth of Isa alayhi salam is mentioned in these verses. His qualities, his characteristics, they are mentioned in these verses. إِذْ قَالَتِ الْمَلَائِكَةُ Recall when the angel said, Ya Maryam, O Maryam, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُبَشِّرُكِ Indeed, Allah gives you good news. Have you noticed something? So many good news. Zakariya was given good news. Maryam is given good news. But what is the good news about? Of a child. Some people take that news as a shock. As if somebody has announced to them very bad news. So they start to worry. Some people, they start to worry that what's going to happen? The woman begins to feel that that's it, my life is over now. The husband begins to feel more expenses. Other family members begin to worry as well. But we see that the news of the birth of a child, this is in fact a good news. So Maryam is told by the angels, and this refers to Jibreel, that Allah gives you good news of what? بِكَلِمَةٍ minhu Of a word from Him. Of a word from Allah. What is this word that Allah gives you good news of? A word from Allah, the effect of which will be the birth of your son. Because Isa salam was not born because of physical causes in the sense from a father and a mother. He was conceived by his mother when Allah said be and he was conceived. So kalima, the statement, this word, it refers to the statement of Allah kun, be. So a word from Allah. Allah says in the Quran that inna mathala Isa indallahi kamathali Adam. The example of Isa alayhi salam in the sight of Allah is like that of Adam. خَلَقَهُ مِن تُرَابْ ثُمَّ قَالَ لَهُ كُنْ فَيَكُونَ Allah created Adam from clay and then he said be and he became. So likewise, just as Adam a.s. did not have a father, did not have a mother, Allah can create Isa a.s. without a father. All he needs to say is kun and that's it. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُبَشِّرُكِ بِكَلِمَةٍ مِّنْهُ Allah gives you good news of a word from him. And that child, ismuhu, his name will be Al-Masihu Isa ibn Maryam. This is the full name of Isa a.s. What is that? Al-Masih Isa ibn Maryam. Al-Masih is the title. It's the laqab. Isa is the name, the given name. And Ibn Maryam, you can say it's like kunya. Okay? The name of a person, the full complete name of a person includes all of these things. First of all is the laqab, the title. For example, if someone is a medical doctor, then what are they called? Doctor, so and so. Even if they're your close friends, even if they're your relatives, whenever you refer to them, what do you say? Doctor, so and so. Correct? Why? Because that title has become like their name. If there is a scholar, how are they called? Sheikh so and so. If there is an imam, what is he called? Imam so and so. So some people think that their name is Sheikh, their name is Imam, but that's not actually their name. That's just their title. That's just their laqab. So Masih was the laqab, the title of who? Of Isa salam. Isa was his name. And Ibn Maryam, the son of Maryam, was his kunya. This is just like people are called Abu so-and-so, Um so-and-so, or Ibn so-and-so. Right? The father of so-and-so, mother of so-and-so, so on and so forth. Now the question is, what does this title Al-Masih mean? 
Al-Masih, the scholars have said that this is from the root Mim Sin Ha, Masih. What does Masih mean? In wudu, you do Masih of your head. When you have socks on and you're doing wudu, you do Masih of your feet. What does that mean? You wipe, right? So Masih means to wipe. To wipe one's hand over something. So Masih is one who wipes. And when you wipe, either you wipe clean, so whatever dirt, whatever filth there was, you remove it. Imagine you have a swiffer cloth, and there's dust, and you wipe. So what's going to happen? All the dust is going to be wiped off. Now that surface is going to become, is going to become clean. So whatever dirt, filth there was, it's going to go away. Likewise, Isa alayhi salam, what would he do? Of the miracles that he performed, was that he would cure the sick. So for example, if someone was blind, they could not see. He would wipe his hand over and they would be able to see. So that illness would be removed by the wiping of his hand. Likewise, if someone suffered from leprosy, he would wipe his hand over the part of the skin that was suffering. And by his wiping, that suffering would go away. This is just like dust is swept by the cloth that you wipe that area with. So this is one of the reasons why it is said that he was called Al-Masih. Other scholars have said that the word Masih is from the word Mas'ah. Okay, it's from the word Mas'ah, which means Jamal, beauty. So he was Al-Masih, he was called the beautiful, the elegant, the handsome. Another opinion is that the word Masih is from Siniyaha, from the word Siyaha. And Siyaha means to travel, to go about. And what is it that we know about Isa salam That he would travel a lot in order to call the Bani Israel to the truth. It is said that he was Jesus of Nazareth, meaning he was known that he was originally from Nazareth, but he doesn't stay there. He's always traveling, going from one place to the other. Just this morning I was reading a little bit about him and I found that in the Bible it is mentioned, Allahu alam if it's true or not, because we learn is that if something is mentioned in the Israeli traditions, then we neither affirm it nor do we reject it. Okay? Because we don't know if it's the truth. Allahu alam. But we may read it in order to understand better. Incident was mentioned about how Isa when he was 12 years of age, right? he went with his family and that place they travel to every year. Okay? They would visit the temple for Passover or whatever. So he traveled from a very young age. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him prophethood, again he traveled constantly for the purpose of da'wah. Okay? He didn't stay in one place. So this is the reason why it is said that he was called Masih. So his title is Al-Masih. When you hear the word Masih, what else comes to your mind? Dajjal. Right? Masih al-Dajjal. But why is he called Masih? Yes, because Dajjal will also travel extensively. He will travel extensively. Why else is he called Masih? Like I mentioned to you earlier, it's from Masaha. And Masaha is to wipe. And Masih, the structure Masih, grammatically, it gives the meaning of one who wipes or one who is wiped over. Grammatically, it gives us two meanings, the subject and the object. So the one who wipes over, the doer, and 
as an object, meaning the one who is wiped over. So in the case of Isa alayhi salam, Masih means one who wipes. But in the case of Dajjal, it gives the opposite meaning, meaning one who is wiped over. Because he is mamsuhul ayn. His eye is wiped off, in the sense that he will not be able to see from one eye. He will be blind in one eye. Who? Who? Dajjal. That's one of his signs. Okay, that doesn't mean he has one eye in the center. Unfortunately, this is what some people think. Right? And that's the kind of images they make. They say, oh, one eye, Dajjal. No. What it means is that he will have two eyes. However, one eye, in the hadith we learn, it will be like a dried grape. You know, like completely shriveled up and he will be unable to see from one eye. One eye, Dajjal. Okay? So anyway, the title of Isa a.s. Masih. His name, Isa. And then, what is mentioned? Ibn Maryam. He is the son of Maryam. Typically, people are called the son of who? Their fathers, right? Their father's name is given. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, Ud'uhum li abaihim. Call people by the names of their fathers. This is how people should be named. Not after their mothers, but after their fathers. The last name should be the fathers. But over here we see that Isa salam is given his mother's name, Ibn Maryam, the son of Maryam. Why? Because he had no father. And in the Qur'an, repeatedly you will notice this, that it is said, Isa ibn Maryam. Isa ibn Maryam. Repeatedly you will see this, that he's not mentioned just as Isa, but Ibn Maryam is always mentioned, most of the time. Why? To make it very clear that he did not have a father. He was only the son of Maryam and no one else. He was only the son of Maryam and no one else. He did not have a father. He did not have an illegitimate birth. No, he was not waladu zina. He simply did not have a father. It's as simple as that. Isa ibn Maryam. And we see over here that the angel, he came and told Maryam about the birth of her son, making it very clear that he was going to be created by the kalima of Allah. This is how he was going to be created. And secondly, that he will be her son, not the son of any man, not the son of God, not the son of anyone else but Maryam. Isa ibn Maryam. And after mentioning his name, the angel tells Maryam about the characteristics of Isa salam. First of all, wajihan fid dunya wal akhirah. Honorable in this world and in the hereafter. The word wajih is from wajimha waj. And waj means face. So waji is one who has a face. Now everyone has a face. But some people's faces are such that you see and you remember. You see and you get inspired. You see and you get affected. You see and you can never ever forget. Some in a good way and others in a bad way. Is that so? Is that so? That sometimes it happens that you are in a crowd. There are so many people. You see so many people's faces and you cannot recall the face of every single person. But some people are standing out in the crowd. Why? Because of perhaps the way they're talking, or the way they're looking, the way they're carrying themselves, whatever they're doing. So you remember their face. This is the reason why the word waji is used for someone who is very impressive, very charismatic, the one who is awe-inspiring. Uh, people get affected by him. 
So this is one of the meanings of the word waji. Secondly, he said that the word waji is from jah, jim wauha. And what does jah mean? Jah means sharaf, nobility. It means makana, position. It means siyada, leadership. So waji is dhul jah, meaning the one who is notable, the one who is honorable, the one who has a high position in the sight of people, the one who leads others, the one who is followed by others, who stands out from a crowd, the one who is accepted by people. So these are all the meanings of the word waji. And I hope you wrote them down. So wajihan fit dunya wal akhirah. She is told he will be wajih in the dunya and in the akhirah. Now what does it mean by this? He'll be wajih in the dunya and the akhirah. That in this world, he will have a high position in the sight of people. Meaning people will have a lot of respect for him. He'll be a very impressive individual. He'll be a very impressive personality. People will get impressed by him. They will get inspired by him in this world. And... Why is it that he had a high position? Why was it that he was like this? Because he was of the prophets of Allah. And someone who is a prophet of Allah, then he is definitely waji. He definitely has a high status. Correct? Is that so? Yes. Because we see that not just the people who believed in Isa salam at his time had respect for him, but we as Muslims who have come hundreds and hundreds of years after him, even we have respect for him. We love him. Right? So, wajihan fit dunya, a high position in this world. There are very few people, very few individuals who get such a position that they are remembered, they are respected for centuries. For centuries. Look at Adam a.s., the first human being. He was also wajihan fit dunya. Right? All the prophets of Allah, wajihan fit dunya. They had a high status, a high position in this world because they were given prophethood. And how is he going to be waji in the hereafter? Fil akhirah? How will he have a high status in the hereafter? This will be so. That if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him of such a high status in this world, he will definitely reward him with a high status in the hereafter. We know that the prophets of Allah will be given such ranks in Jannah that others will not be given. The prophets of Allah will be honored on the day of judgment in ways that others will not be honored. The Rajatul Ula, high, elevated ranks for the prophets of Allah. So wajihan fi dunya wal akhirah. Now, every person wants that their child be the best child. Isn't it so? Their child be the best child. I was sitting with a group of people recently and one of the mothers, her toddler, was behaving in a way that she was not happy with. And I was assuring her that, look, this is fine. It's perfectly normal. You know, I've seen this kid doing this. I've seen my kid do this. I've seen many kids doing this. So it's not a big deal. Relax. You know, the child was so happy and the mother was freaking out. So I was trying to assure her that this is not because your child is uh, bad or anything. This is just what children do. She said that, but every mother thinks that her child will be perfect, right? Her child will be different. He won't do the bad things that other children do. So every parent wants that their child be the best child. Now imagine, Maryam, what is she told? Your son will not just be good and successful and have a high status in this world, but also in the hereafter. 
great in dunya and great in akhira wajihan fi dunya wal akhira and the best part wa minal muqarrabin and he will be of those who are brought near muqarrabin is a plural of muqarrab from the root letters qaf raba qurb closeness and muqarrab is one who is brought close one who is brought near brought close to who he will be of those who are brought close brought close to who to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when where in this world and in the hereafter what do we think that inshallah in the hereafter you know we'll be in jannah we'll be close to allah but the thing is that a person cannot attain closeness to allah in the hereafter if he does not attain closeness to allah in this world did you hear that a person cannot be close to allah in the hereafter if he or she is not close to him in this world isa alayhi salam will be of the muqarrabin in the hereafter why because he was close to allah here in this dunya it's not possible that a person does not have love for allah does not sacrifice for allah does not do sujood to come closer to allah does not give sadaqa for the sake of allah does not strive in the cause of allah and he thinks that in the hereafter with a miracle he'll be of the highest of the high it's not possible you can only attain heights in the hereafter if you've attained heights in iman in this world the more iman a person has the more ibadah a person does the more ihsan a person does the higher his position will be in the hereafter the closeness that a person feels in this world only because of that he'll be close to allah in the hereafter because the fact is that our spiritual state in the dunya will be our physical state in the hereafter if we're spiritually far from allah then we will be physically far from allah in the next world too but if we are spiritually close to allah we feel that closeness only then we can be close to allah in the hereafter too so wa min al muqarrabin he will be of the muqarrabin now the question is how can we be close to allah in this world how if you talk about someone if you say about someone they're very close to me what does it mean they're always sitting next to you is that what it means what does it mean that you know them they know you you know how to make them happy they know what you like you know what they like they know what you don't like you know what they don't like so what is that called love friendship right just like we learned earlier that if you want allah to love you then you have to follow the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and allah will love you back it's a two way relationship you love allah allah loves you in return so how can a person attain that level one is following the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam okay but what else can we do to feel closer to allah to come closer to allah sujood in sajda what are you doing what are you doing you're begging allah you're praising him you're glorifying him isn't it so you're talking to him and if you don't talk to someone can you be close to them when do you feel that a certain individual is very distant from you they could be your blood relative but you feel that they are so distant they could be your spouse but you feel they're so distant when when there's no communication and the moment you start communicating then what happens you feel as if you've come closer correct so 
the first thing that we need to do is communicate with Allah to come close to Him. Communicate with Him. Talk to Him. And how do you do that? By doing two things. When you want to talk to Allah, then you pray salah. When you want to listen, then you recite the Qur'an. These are two things that we have to do. Salah, sujood, recitation of the Qur'an. This is something that draws a person close to Allah. Dua, supplicating to Allah. This is something that draws a person close to Allah. What do we see in the incidents that are mentioned earlier, especially with Zakariya That how he used to call upon Allah, making dua to Allah. You might say, oh, he was a prophet of Allah. He received revelation. Yes, but he spoke to Allah as well, meaning he made dua. Can we not make dua? Of course, we can also make dua. So this is one thing that we have to do, communication with Allah. And that includes sajda, that includes salah, that includes dua, that includes recitation of the Qur'an, that includes dhikr. The more you remember him, the closer you will be to him. Another thing that we can do to come closer to Allah is being quick in performing good deeds. Hastening in performing good deeds. In the Qur'an we learn, وَالسَّابِقُونَ السَّابِقُونَ أُولَٰئِكَ الْمُقَرَّبُونَ That those who are ahead, meaning the forerunners, the pioneers, the ones who get ahead, they're the first ones to do good. They will be those who are brought close to Allah on the Day of Judgment. So if we want to be close to Allah, then what do we have to do? Be of the sabiqoon, do good quickly. Do good immediately. Musa salam, when he had an appointment with Allah on Mount Tur, he was supposed to go there. And he was supposed to take some people along with him. But he went early and he went very quickly. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked him that what made you come so early that you left your people behind and you came? What was the answer that he gave? وَعَجِلْتُ إِلَيْكَ رَبِّ لِتَرْضَى Oh Allah, oh my Lord, I came to you quickly so that you would be happy with me. So we have to go to Allah quickly. When it comes time to pray, when it comes time to do something good, an opportunity is presented before us, don't think, yeah, let me get up. Okay, let me go. Yeah, okay. Yawn, stretch. And then you're like, okay, fine, forget it. Somebody else will go. Somebody else will do it. No. You have to go quickly. The quicker you'll go, the more you will hasten in doing good, one thing after the other, the more close you will be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Think about it. If there is a friend of yours, whom you love, you feel close to them, and they're calling you, you see the phone ringing, the first ring, you pick up the phone immediately. Don't you? Do you ever say, yeah, let it ring, whatever. And if there's a person you don't want to talk to, you see the phone ringing, you're like, yeah, I'll deal with this later. And you let the phone ring and ring and ring and ring. You don't even hear it anymore because you're not interested in that phone call. When there's love, then you jump. You go quickly. So if we want to come close to Allah, then we have to go quickly towards Him too. We have to be of the sabiqoon. So, وَمِنَ الْمُقَرَّبِينَ He will be of those who are brought close to Allah. And a person can only be close to Allah in the hereafter if he is close to Him in this world. وَيُكَلِّمُ النَّاسَ فِي الْمَهْدِ وَكَهْلًا And He will speak to the people 
in the cradle and in maturity. يُكَلِّمُ from kalam. He will speak, meaning Isa a.s. will talk to the people while he will be in al-mahd. What is mahd? Mahd is from the root letters meme hadal and mahd is the cradle. You can see the crib or the cot of the baby. And you're not talking about the furniture part, but you're talking about the bed part. Okay? Meaning the mattress or the sheet, the covers that have been spread out, that have been laid comfortably so that the child can sleep over there. Which age group sleeps the most? Huh? Babies, infants. Isn't it so? The older children become, the less they sleep. Isn't it so? To the point that sometimes they need to sleep. They are falling out of extreme tiredness. But they will say, I'm not tired. I don't want to sleep. And they will lie in bed for an hour and their eyes want to shut, but they will force their eyes open. And they will say, the sun is out and we don't want to sleep. It's not time to sleep. So anyway, the babies sleep the most, infants. And since they sleep the most, where are they most of the time? Where should they be sleeping? In their beds. Right? Because that's where they'll be most comfortable. So, mahd, yes, cradle, but it refers to the age of infancy. Kaha, on the other hand, from the root letters kaf, halam, is the age of full manhood, meaning when a person has become an adult, to the point that their hair is mostly black, but there are also streaks of gray. Okay, they're almost graying. So it's said that kahal is the age after 30. After 30. Up until about 50. And after this is kibar, old age. Okay, so you're talking about the age of maturity. So the angel told Maryam that your son Isa will speak to the people in the cradle and also in the age of maturity. He will speak to the people in the age of infancy and also as an older person. Now, speaking, talking in the cradle. This is something that is of the miracles of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is one of the special things about Isa salam. The Prophet wasallam said that none but three individuals spoke in infancy. And one of them was who? Isa salam. And when he spoke, he spoke a very clear and eloquent speech in defense of her mother when she brought him to the people. In Surah Maryam, we learn about how when Maryam gave birth to Isa salam and she brought him to the people, then the people all of a sudden jumped at her. That, what is this? How did this happen? You're the daughter of such noble, righteous people. What did you do? You committed fornication and you had a child. They could not expect Maryam to do such a thing. So they just jumped at her immediately. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had told Maryam to not speak even a word. Allah told her that if somebody talks to you, then say that I am fasting today and I shall not speak. Because it was the fast of keeping silent. Okay, That was practiced in that sharia. And instead of speaking herself, she just pointed to her baby. And when she pointed to her baby, the people said, how is this child going to speak? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that Isa salam spoke at that time when فَأَشَارَتْ إِلَيْهِ قَالُوا كَيْفَ نُكَلِّمُ مَنْ كَانَ فِي الْمَهْدِ صبية 
قَالَ إِنِّي عَبْدُ اللَّهِ Isa a.s. spoke as a child, as an infant, as a baby. He said, Indeed, I am the servant of Allah. أَتَانِيَ الْكِتَابَ وَجَعَلَنِي نَبِيَّا He has given me the book and he has made me a prophet. وَجَعَلَنِي مُبَارَكًا أَيْنَمَا كُنْتُ And he has made me blessed wherever I am. وَأَوْصَانِي بِالصَّلَاةِ وَالزَّكَاةِ مَا دُمْتُ حَيَّا And he has commanded me to pray and to give in charity for as long as I live. وَبَرًّا بِوَالِدَتِي And I am kind with my mother. وَلَمْ يَجْعَلْنِي جَبَّارٌ شَقِيَّا And he has not made me a tyrant. Someone who is wretched. وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَيَّ يَوْمَ وَلِدْتُ وَيَوْمَ أَمُوتُ وَيَوْمَ أُبْعَثُ حَيَّا And peace be on me on the day that I was born, on the day that I die, and the day that I will be resurrected. So these are the words that Isa salam spoke as an infant. And this is something amazing. Because children are not able to talk, they're physically unable to talk until a certain age. Isn't it so? Even if they're not physically able, they do not know how to speak. Correct? They're not able to. Some children take more time, other children take less time. But this is amazing that a child of a few days old, a few weeks old, he is talking. And he's talking in clear words and eloquent speech, just like an adult would and an ordinary adult wouldn't. How could he do this? This was because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him do it. You will notice something about Isa a.s. that everything about him is extraordinary. It's different. He was unique in every way. Look at his birth. Is anyone else born like that? No. Secondly, look at him. In infancy he's talking. Have you ever seen or heard of a child talking? An infant? No. They babble, they cry. Maximum they'll giggle. But you don't see them talking. And then we see that the kind of miracles he performed. Who is it that can make a bird, you know, a sculpture, and then just blow ruh into it and the bird will fly off? Can somebody do that? Who is it that can bring the dead to life? Even with all the technology and the advancement, whatever, can we do something like that? No, we can't. So Isa salam, everything he did, everything about him was different, extraordinary. Very, very different. Why? Because... These were the miracles that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given to him. These were the miracles that Allah had given to him from the time of his birth onwards so that the people would know that he is someone special and we have to listen to him. They don't doubt him at all. And also one more thing. It is said that at the time of Isa salam, the people were very interested in the science of medicine. right? Looking for cures, looking for treatment, so on and so forth. And whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave a miracle to a prophet, it would be relevant to whatever the people were interested in. Okay, The people of that time were interested in. And the miracle would be such that was beyond human ability. So that the masters, the experts of that field would know when they would see the miracle that this is not the work of Allah. A man. This has to be divine. Just like Musa a.s. The people of the time of Fir'aun, what were they interested in? What were they really good at? Magic. Which is why Fir'aun, what did he do? He called all of the magicians to compete against Musa a.s. And the magicians, the experts 
Okay? The experts of magic, when they saw the staff of Musa salam turn into a snake and devour all of the snakes of the magicians, what happened? They fell down in prostration. They said, this cannot be the work of a man. This cannot be magic. This has to be divine. This has to be from Allah. The magicians said, they believed Muhammad wasallam. At his time, people were interested in what? Speech, poetry, expression, right? Eloquence. There were great poets, great poets. And when they heard the Quran, it is said that a poet, he just heard the surah Al-Kawthar. إِنَّا أَعْطَيْنَاكَ الْكَوْثَرْ فَصَلِّ لِرَبِّكَ وَانْحَرْ إِنَّ شَانِئَكَ هُوَ الْأَبْطَرْ He heard that, and he said, that's it. I'm never saying any word of poetry ever again. He said, this has defeated us. He knew that this cannot be the expression of a human being. They knew. So likewise, at the time of Isa salam, people were very interested in the science of medicine, in treatment, in cures. And when they saw Isa salam performing such miracles, that a human being is being born without a father, that an infant is talking, someone is making a bird out of clay and blowing spirit into it and it's flying like a normal bird would. A person was dead and he brought him to life. Someone could not see ever and he fixed his eyesight. They knew that he was not a liar. They knew that he was a prophet. So this is the reason why the miracles that were given to Isa were of such nature. So he spoke in the cradle and then he also spoke in Kahl, in the age of majority. Now, speaking in the age of infancy, okay, you know, this is a miracle. But speaking in the age of kahl, of the age of maturity, what's so special about that? How was that a miracle? What does this indicate? Why is this mentioned? I mean, everyone speaks in the age of maturity. So if he spoke, how was that special? That, uh, what you're trying to say is that his speech was different from the speech of other adults. That he was more impressive, more eloquent. Yeah? Okay. What this indicates to us is that he would live a long life. That he would reach the age of kahl. And Ibn Abbas anhu he said that Isa will be of the age of kahl after he returns to the earth. Meaning after he is sent back. Because he was lifted up before kahl or in kahl. I mean that age was not complete yet. So this means that he will return. Allah will send him back. This is one of the opinions that the age of 33 was taken up by Allah. So we know that that's just the beginning of Kahal, right? So this is an indication that he will come back, he will return and he will address the people. He will teach the people. This indicates another thing. And that is that he will grow and age from childhood to full manhood. Okay? And when someone grows like this, like a child youth, adult, you know, full manhood, then old age, then what does it mean? They're growing, they're aging, and eventually they will die. Isn't that so? Now, this indirectly refutes divinity, any claim of divinity from Isa that he was not God. Because God does not get affected by the passage of time. Do you understand? If God was to be affected by the passage of time, 
then how would that God be different from the creation? If he is going to grow and age and become old and eventually pass away, then I'm sorry, I don't want such a God who cannot even respond to me, who cannot even help me, who is feeble and weak himself. That's not God. The universe, the earth, the sky, all the creatures, what do they show? That someone who is very capable, very mighty, eternal, who always was, is, will be, all-knowing, all-powerful, is behind all of this. Correct? This is what the universe indicates. So it's not possible that God would age, that God would become old, and He would die. No. So this indirectly refutes divinity from Isa a.s. وَيُكَلِّمُ النَّاسَ فِي الْمَهْدِ وَكَهْلًا وَمِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ And he will be of the salihin, of the righteous ones. Salihin is a plural of salih. Right? Sad lamha. Who is salih? What's the meaning of the word salah? Salah is when something is right and proper, good as it should be. So we human beings, when are we good, right, proper? When? When we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? When we get rid of bad things, bad qualities, bad traits, bad habits, and we try to improve and better ourselves. So salih is someone who's secret and open, who's private and public, whose inner being and outer being are both right and proper as they should be. His heart is good, right, proper as it should be. His limbs, meaning the actions that he performs with his limbs, are all good, right, proper as they should be. His mind, his thinking, good, right, proper as they should be. His words, salih. Okay? His private matters, salih. His public matters, salih. So you understand who a salih is? Who is good in and out in private and in public, the inner part of him and the outer part of him. So if the secret, the private part of a person is good, what does it mean? That he has sincerity for Allah. His heart is clean from shirk, from nifaq, from doubt, from hatred, from animosity, you know, from all bad kind of feelings. The outward is good. How is that good? When a person is following the right way, for example, for us, following the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. So this is who a salih is. So وَمِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ He will be a right, a good person. A person with good conduct. A righteous individual. Now many times it happens that people who have a good public image, their private lives are not that great. Right? And someone who could be very happy in their house, in their family, everybody loves them in their family, but other people, they don't like them. Does it happen? Does it happen? You might feel about yourself that you have a very good relationship with your children, with your family, but when it comes to dealing with strangers, when it comes to you know, co-workers, you just can't get along. Huh? Likewise, it may happen that a person has a very good relationship with everybody outside, but at home, doesn't want to talk to anyone, no one wants to talk to them. Does it happen? Have we heard such stories? Do we experience such things? Yes, we do. 
That means such a person is not salih. Salih is who? Who's in and out. Public and private. Everything is good as it should be. One more thing. Many times it happens that we assume or we think that we are on very good terms with people. But our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's not good. So is such a person salih? A person might say, you know, I'm a very good person, I'm honest, I'm truthful, I'm committed to my work, I never heard a fly, but I don't pray. Is that salih? Is that salih? No. Or a person might say, I don't care what other people say, what other people want, I can say whatever I feel like to them, because I feel that the only important thing to do is to pray salah and to wear the hijab, and I do that, and I don't care about anyone else. Is that being salih? No. But don't we think that salih? That if we're only praying, we are the best person, and if we're not praying and we're doing other good things, then we are the best person? This is self-deception. Salih is someone who is good in every aspect, in every area, not limited to one aspect, but it's an entire way of life. And the fact of the matter is that you cannot be good with people if you're not good with Allah. You cannot be good with strangers if you're not good with people who are close to you. It's not possible. Otherwise, this is hypocrisy. This is being double-faced. Isn't it so? This is not being salih. So Isa alayhi salam, wa salihin. And if you look at the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, doesn't that tell us the same about him? He was of the salihin. You look at his family, all his wives, all his companions, right? People who were close to him, his relatives, people who were not that close to him, everyone was happy with him. Even his enemies turned into his best supporters. Now that is being salih. So وَمِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ This is of the characteristics of the Prophets of Allah. And there's something that we should strive to develop as well. Let's listen to the recitation. إِذْ قَالَتِ الْمَلَائِكَةُ يَا مَرْيَمُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُبَشِّرُكِ بِكَلِمَةٍ مِّنْهُ اسْمُهُ الْمَسِيحُ عِيسَ بْنُ مَرْيَمَ وَجِيهًا وَجِيهًا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ وَمِنَ الْمُقَرَّبِينَ وَيُكَلِّمُ النَّاسَ فِي الْمَهْدِ وَكَهْلًا وَمِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ One more thing about salihin, that sometimes we think we're very good in, let's say, recitation of the Qur'an. But we know ourselves, we know that we're not praying the way we should be praying. So that's also not being salih. Salih is that a person is striving to be good in every aspect, in every area of his personal life. Every area. So sometimes we pay a lot of attention to one thing and we ignore the rest. No, everything is important. Think about it, if there is a building... If there is a house that you want to purchase, okay, and everything is nice about it, the paint is nice, the floors are nice, but there is a major problem with the plumbing, or there is mold in the basement, or there is something wrong, whatever, the carpets or the walls or the sewage system, then is that salih? 
Is that Saleh? Would you buy such a house? Would you say it's okay? But the paint color is so beautiful. Who cares if there's mold in the basement? Who cares if the roof is, uh, you know, the shingles are missing? I don't care about that. I love the paint color. Would you buy such a house? If you did, that would be very, very foolish. Right? So, for something to be salih, it has to be good in every way. And this is what we need to do as well. We need to improve ourselves in every way. From our speech, to our thoughts, to our worship, to our dealings with other people, to the way we clean ourselves, to the way we sleep, the way we eat, the way we dress ourselves, everything. And it can only be done when we observe the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ.